And here comes Milwaukee, Forbes, another three. Oh, no! <laughs> this is the Random Scrooby Podcast. That intro has never been more suitable for an episode than this one tonight. I am your host, LJ Cascon. This is the Random Scrub Heat Podcast. I do have Hot Take Harrison with me. I do have the Thunder from Down Under, rightfully below me as well. George, we are here. Speaking about the, uh, the, the setup, if you see it on YouTube, you know what I'm talking about. That intro has never been more accurate because uh, that that if you guys don't know, if you've never seen the actual intro, you only hear it on the podcast. That's that's Bryn Forbes shooting during the uh, the series, the second series against Milwaukee, when uh, you know he outscored Jimmy Butler. But uh, that's that's not exactly what's happening this time around, is it? Jimmy Butler, ladies and gentlemen, that's all. Honestly, Harry, you could you could end the show right here because all I have to say is Jimmy Butler. What more needs to be said about this guy who drops a Miami Heat? franchise record, career high, playoff game, regular season game, does not matter. Jimmy Butler, 56 points. 56 points in a five-point win to take a commanding 3-1 series lead against the Bucs. Before we get into any of the semantics, any of the stats, give other players their flowers, because other players did play significantly well down the stretch in the fourth quarter that ignited that fourth quarter run for Miami. Before we get to any of that, I need to put my hand up and just say, I apologize to all of our listeners. I was wrong. I was blatantly dead ass wrong. I came on here on the podcast and on the post game streams after the Atlanta game, after the Chicago game. And I said, who fucking cares? Go out. I don't care what happened. I wasn't actively rooting for them to lose, but had they lost, I would not have been upset. Never again will I make that mistake to, de- to deprive Jimmy Butler of an opportunity because this is what happens when you at least get your foot in the door. You go off and you go up 3-1 against the best team. What I thought, again, goes to show you how much ball I actually know, what I thought was the best team in basketball. George said, I would rather play the Milwaukee Bucks than the Boston Celtics. George said that the loss to Atlanta wasn't a big deal because it set him up for a better matchup in the first round. I called George a fucking idiot. Look who's laughing now. I'm the idiot. George is actually very, very smart. George, go go, t- go take your victory lap. Go on. You can talk. I've had two amazing takes this season. One that Jamar Bouye is also the greatest undrafted player that we just don't have on the roster right now, but he don't will be back. It. Don't push your victory lap. And that the Heat would have a better chance against the Milwaukee Bucks than the Boston Celtics. I, I had a feeling and I was right. That's, that's, look, I'm not going to gloat. Fuck you, LJ. Um, but <laughs> fair. That's I, very fair. I'm a genius and you all should, um, should respect it. Nah, look, at the end of the day, we all thought that this could have been a very ugly season, the series for the, um, for the Heat. And I, and I expected it to be so. I didn't expect what's happening before my very eyes right now. But I know for a fact that the Heat, match up way better against this team than than the Celtics. Celtics are just too deep. They're too offensively well put together. Defensively, they lapse. Playmaking, they lapse a little bit as well, but they've got amazing guard rotation. That's something that the Bucks lack massively is, is good guard rotation. Drew Holiday is a phenomenal player. Grayson Allen is not. I'm, I'm, I don't care. I get it. He's a good defender, and I, I respect his defensive 
capabilities, but at the same time, after after Drew Holiday, it falls down a cliff because you've got to call the names of Grayson Allen, uh, Pat Connaughton, Javon Carter, these types of players. Uh, Goran Dragic is their best guard off the bench that doesn't get playing time. But it, the, the Heat has this sort of ability. If you can limit the offensive production of Giannis, then you put yourself in an amazing position to win. And even tonight, where he still put up 26 on 55%, had 13 assists, play made, play made at an amazing level. And we didn't really def- we, we couldn't defend their big men for shit. And we still won the game. On the back of Jimmy Butler, that's what we're here to talk about tonight. He's the man, the myth, the legend. It's him. He is him. Jimmy Butler is him. I've never, I've sat here many times and I've seen amazing performances from people in heat uniforms before from the likes of, of Dwayne Wade, from the likes of LeBron James, from the likes of now Jimmy Butler, you know, and it's one of those special times where you, where we're going to remember this for a very long time and be progressively happier for these times. You know, when I, when I'm thinking about my heat fandom, I think about 2006, I think about, you know, and more specifically, like the, the the special times, you know, the Mike Miller no-shoe three, the Ray Allen three from the corner mm-hmm. off the offensive rebound from Chris Bosh, uh, Dion Waiters doing what Dion, what Dion Waiters does. These are special moments. And he and uh, Jimmy Butler created another one. And he seems to do it every single time he steps foot in the postseason. It, it he, he Tonight alone, we already talked about the numbers, though, just from like a, a – a singularity standpoint, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. That was the greatest singular playoff performance I've ever seen in my entire life. I was born in 96. I didn't see prime Jordan, but that right there, 50, like I know Wade had significant games in the finals. We all know that LeBron did what LeBron did in those four years here. All of that doesn't need to be touched on. We know that, but what Jimmy did with his highest other leading scorer on his team, Scored 15 points. Bam waking up in the second half. We'll get to Bam too. Jimmy, no other person on the team had 16 points. Your second highest leading scorer in the season had five below his average. And Jimmy goes on, backpack Jimbo, 56 points. And just absolutely incredible. It cannot be understated that this guy has given us now when you talk about Mount Rushmore of Miami Heat performances, you think of the entirety of the four-game stretch with Wade against Dallas. You think of the LeBron, you know, when they're down 10 against San Antonio in game six, him going off. And then, you know, Ray Allen hitting the three and then the rest is history. Jimmy Butler now, sure, bubble finals, whatever, fuck you. Then he does it again last season in Boston. Then we're forgetting, you know, the LeBron performance in Boston too. Jimmy Butler arguably does the same exact thing that LeBron did, albeit the series outcome was different. Then you have this season, him doing it three games to Milwaukee out of four. And in that one outlier, when they all got smacked, Jimmy was still the only player that really showed up. So Jimmy has been absolutely, there are no words to describe what we witnessed tonight what we've witnessed during his four-year heat tenure. The, The man is absolutely incredible. Harry, we haven't heard from you yet. How, what, how do you feel in what is probably the lone absolutely like amount of euphoria that we've gotten in this entirety of this season so far? Because there's been a lot of ups. There's been a lot of downs. How do you feel after what you watch tonight? 
Yeah, so I think I was just listing this on Twitter. Top, Jim, So I think uh, objectively, Jimmy has three of the top five uh, best Heat playoff performances of all time now. Uh, I listed it as Wade's game three in 2006, LeBron game six in the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals. Jimmy game six last year in Boston was pretty epic. Uh, his game five in the 2020 Finals where he's like hunched over. You know, it's the meme where he's hunched over the barricade. He's exhausted. And then tonight, and I think it's two things, right? They have to win. The, they have to close this out. They got to win one more game because the problem is these things get forgotten, um, you know, if they end up uh, blowing a 3-1 lead. And also, it's just – it's time and place. It's it's tough because as you get further in the playoffs, the stakes are higher. So obviously doing this in the first round is going to be a bit lower compared to the other games in my opinion. But from just like a performance where Jimmy goes out there and he's just saying like, Guys, we're not losing tonight. Like, I don't care if you're not going to step up to the plate or if you're not – like, I'm not losing. So, you know, they we call him Backpack Jimmy. Like, follow me. We're going to do this. And I just think it's kind of wild because he's just been – he's been the guy that, like, he doesn't take the postseason seriously. I've never seen someone turn it on um, regular season of playoffs like Jimmy does since, like, Shaq, but even Shaq wouldn't give you like, n- not not older Shaq. Prime Shaq could do this, but like Jimmy just deciding that he's just not going to lose is unbelievable. Um, it's the shot that he takes. It's the defense. It's pumping up the crowd. Um, it's having faith in his teammates. I was talking to George about this before you got on here, LJ. Like Caleb Martin played fucking amazing down the stretch. And, you know, Jimmy kicking out to him for for some key shots without even thinking about it. So it's not just, you know, Jimmy's – and I hold on. I have so I had so many stats lined up for this. This is a wild game. 56 points by Jimmy is tied for the fourth most in the playoffs in NBA history. Um, through the first four games of a postseason, Jimmy now has 146 points. That's second most all-time behind Wilt Chamberlain's 158. That's ridiculous. Uh, That's just ridiculous. Okay. Also, say, say uh, it one more time. Okay, say that so, one more time. So most points through the first four games of a postseason. Um, Jimmy is second all time behind Wilt Chamberlain's one fifty eight. Jimmy has one forty six through four games. So just like a dominant performance to start the postseason. Also, these stats are by uh, Simon Sperling on Twitter. Additionally, um, prior to the game four win tonight, uh, Heat playoff history, only one player had ever had 20-plus points in a quarter. Uh, Wade had done that three times in the postseason. Jimmy did that twice tonight in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, Also, I want to give a shout-out quickly to my guy, Jeremy Taché, who we had on the pod a few weeks ago. Friend uh, of the program, Le- Jeremy Taché. Friend of the pod, friend of the program. He was on Levitard show this morning, and he kind of ended his uh, soliloquy kind of saying, like, Jimmy's the best player in the series regardless of whether Giannis plays or not. And the clip is good because Dan cuts him off because he, like, Dan kind of realizes what he's saying. He's like, what? And that's where the clip cuts off. But uh, Jeremy's right. Like, Jimmy's the best player in this series. Uh, I'm going to argue, and I've been saying it for a while, He's the best postseason player around right now. There's just no one out there that can do what he does on a, on a nightly basis. And we just really have to um, 
admire him and just kind of enjoy the ride. I know we've had different takes on the podcast. Um, LJ, I appreciate you apologizing. I probably owe an apology too. Like we were on that pod um, with hoop spaces and we were like, we don't want to play the bucks. And he also had kind of agreed that that was a better matchup for us. But I mean, we don't mind being wrong. We're happy to watch this team win, especially the, these Jimmy Butler masterclasses. And um, I don't know. I mean, obviously we need one more. We really want to close out the series and move on. And uh, it's kind of looking like if we did, it would be the Knicks. But, uh, you know, this would be this would be one of the biggest ones ever. Um, eight seeds don't usually beat one seeds. Uh, it hasn't happened very often since – the NBA expanded from five games to seven game series. I might be and, forgetting one. I think the last time it happened was the Grizzlies over the Spurs in 2011. I think that was the last time it happened. It might have happened one other time that I'm just not remembering, but that's the most recent one I can recall. Yeah, because what the Golden State, the Baron Davis teams was before that, right? That was yeah, and that was, they were the team before then. So yeah. it's like it, it doesn't happen often. And sure, you could say like you could make the argument that like, well, the Heat aren't really an eight seed, and you'd cut. Outside of Jimmy and Bam, I, they're probably not a play-in team outside of Jimmy and Bam. I mean, the the truth is that you can really like you can really go down the list, and the Bucks like two through fifteen guys on the roster are all better than. I mean, at least yeah. they're playing better than the guy than the Heat guys two through fifteen. But um, Jimmy really is the difference. He's been that guy. Um, you know, people like to talk about Jimmy preheat or. Unfortunately, the series they had in uh, in 2021, and honestly, like, who the hell cares anymore? Preheat stuff doesn't matter. And 2021 was they just really were um, did not get a lot of rest from the bubble season prior. They had two months off. They never really recovered from that, and um, it happened. But this is you know, Jimmy in a series if he can if he can kind of do his thing. And we're not you don't you know we don't need 56 points a night, but you know, if Jimmy's giving you 30 a night and he's true, he's shooting 70% true shooting percentage, like the way he can get free, uh, free throws and get to the basket and hit the shots. Also, guys, we're not even talking about the refs absolutely did not want us to win the game tonight. Like, the, oh, I, I was waiting on it. I was going to bring that up. The, I mean, Giannis had we, probably 40 fouls. He should have fouled out. <laughs> this isn't a joke. Like, I know we joke. I don't mean this as a joke. Giannis legitimately should have fouled out in the first half. They were, that was crazy. They they clearly, they correctly called his third foul. They challenged the foul. I think Harry lost out there. But no, they as he's saying on Haywood Highsmith, who run, running in, got body checked by Giannis. And they called it a foul. You can see it in the replay. He gets body checked. And then they say, no. They went back and reviewed it. I, I haven't seen something like that in a while, where you get the call right then you go back, review it, and you see that you were right, but then you overturn it because he got all ball as if literally his whole body hitting Haywood's body doesn't matter. It, I don't know. that They took that foul away. Giannis literally were, were dr- bulling people over. Doesn't Don't even count the 15 tra- or travels he had that went on called too that resulted in and ones. Like it, it, was, it was very, very frustrating to watch because it's like, you know, he is such an incredible player and you don't have the bodies to necessarily defend him consistently. So for him to also have the refs in his back pocket too, I mean, that's what happens too when you are legitimately probably the best player in the NBA from an, in the grand scheme of things. He's probably the most talented player in the NBA just from a physical standpoint as well. You're going to get the whistle. LeBron got it when he was here. I'm sure that was extremely irritating for everyone that played us. I get that. 
but it's like it, when you're on the other side of the coin, it's a pain in the ass because it's like, dude, the dudes, he, he can get from the three point line to the basket with two steps. Yeah. He's taken three or four and they don't call it. And it's just, it, it's the, extremely the way he switches his feet on the low block in itself is a travel. Every time he, it's re, it's reminiscent of Israel Adesanya and Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, where he will be on the low Deep block. Cut. Holy shit. Under, under the basket, then will shift his stance. The, the exact opposite thing, and, and it's not called a travel every time. It, it makes me, it makes me question what they what how they're officiating certain people. Like it's become a real agenda and a real conversation over the last week with the whole Dylan Brooks situation, the Draymond Green situation. Who gets who gets the calls? Who doesn't get the calls? I I'm I'm not taking anything away from Giannis as a player. Giannis is the most dominant player I have seen since. LeBron James of the finals of the Cavs. So and before that, Shaq and Kobe type of stuff. Like the, in terms of do- dominance, he is Shaquille O'Neal-esque. But oh my God, can you please stop fucking traveling? So obviously. And pushing off. Time. And the, look, the push-offs, I understand. The push-offs, I can see. And, and I, I don't think they're as unjust as people thing because like you're allowed to use your body it's a contact sport you're allowed to be able to 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 um uh, allowed to be physical the ones that are blatantly like if you've used your elbow and you've pushed them out of the way those are more you know those are the ones i get pretty upset about but for the most part of it that hasn't been an issue for this series it's more the fact that he likes to run in the paint stop look look at the basket switch switch his feet and then launch you can't do that. That's four steps. That's that's not fair. You shouldn't be able to do that, but he does. And, and look, officiating, I never sat there and go, oh, it's that bad. You know, Eric Spolstra thinks differently in the, in his post-game press conference. You hear him directly reference it a couple of times, um, saying that he doesn't believe that the that the officiating has been as good as it is, uh, you know, as fair as it has. I'd say the same for the Heat as well. In that last five minutes, I saw a couple stuff, a couple things. And Bam carry on nearly every dribble. The, the Bam carry. Um, I saw Caleb Martin push off. I saw uh, I saw travels from Kyle Harry. I saw a lot of stuff that was 50-50. The, the one that got me the most was the the Chris Middleton foul, Jimmy Butler under the basket when Chris Middleton wasn't even looking at him. That wasn't a foul, in my opinion. It was just a really bad Jimmy layup. <laughs> but they called it. And I'm like, look. You're gonna get bad calls. You're gonna get you're gonna get good calls. Anyone who thinks that the foul on Giannis was anything other than the most, just it, it's his fault. He ran into Kayla Martin, flipped his body, he dropped. It's not anything dirty from Kayla Martin. I've seen that narrative more and more now, and I hate it because it's just not dirty at all. But we should just focus on the greatness that is Jim Butler and Bam Adebayo. Speaking of Bam Adebayo, I'm glad you went to him because he's the next person I want to talk about, and. Harry, I want to hear from you too. What did you see from Bam in that second half? Mainly, he turned it up on defense in the second quarter. He turned it up, or third quarter, I'm sorry, but turned it up on offense as well in the fourth quarter and really helped them stay in striking distance because the Bucks kept going up 10, then 12, then 14. And Bam would keep, he'd hit those mini jumpers, finally getting those to fall that would bring it back to 10, bring it back to eight. And it was just keeping Miami in striking distance for Jimmy to either come back into the game or just absolutely get the ball in his hands and do what he needed to do. Yeah, I think, you know, the Twitter is getting kind of mad at Bam 
uh, during the game. I just think he really gets in his head a lot. Listen, your shot's not always going to fall. It's not a big deal. I don't even think people are out there being like, you have to hit all your shots. People just don't want him to look dejected or to stop shooting because the jumper's there. And teams are going to keep giving it to him if you're going to pass it up, right? There's no reason to for other teams to extend the defense out to where Bam is if he's not going to take that shot. So, you know, in the fourth quarter, he ended up hitting one of those buckets, I think, you know, that was the start of the the big run by Miami. I think it was like a 14-0 run that uh, that took the lead. Um, so he hit that bucket. The defense was better. He's engaged. He's one of the only guys in the NBA that can probably guard Giannis one-on-one. There's just not a lot of guys that can take the, the physical beating of trying to uh, stick with and take the hits from a guy like Giannis who's as big and as strong as he is. So um, they're going to need him. It doesn't really matter if he's going to have a great offensive game or not. They need his defense. So for me, it's simple, right? Um, be the engaged defensive. Man, you should have won defensive player of the year last year. I'm still so friggin' mad about that. You know, be the be the guy that we know you can be. And then on offense, set some hard screens, roll the basket, uh, take the open shots, and just give what the defense is giving you because they are giving you a decent amount. They don't they don't respect your game. So um, take some offense to that and, and be the aggressive guy. We know you can be, uh, it's going to be a, unfortunately it's just going to be the talk with Bam because he's our second best player. Um, you know, he's our, our second highest, is he the second, he's the second or third highest paid player. And, you know, it's going to be there until he's consistently stepping up. But for now we need him to be out there. We need him to play great. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. I thought it was a much better second half from him. And that's, um, to me, that's good because you can build on that, right? He could say, I didn't have it in the first half, but I played a lot better in the second half. And hopefully he can bring that into what's going to end up being a very, very tough game five in Milwaukee. And just keep him engaged. You know, there's rumors about maybe his hip is bothering him or something. I don't know, man. To me, the excuses don't matter now. Like, everybody's dinged up. Everybody's hurt. I was actually going to say before when George was talking, like, it's going to bother me if the Heat win and they point to Giannis missing two games because, like, yo, that dude charged into the paint. Kevin Love took a good legal charge. Uh, Giannis flipped his body around, landed on his tailbone. And then, listen, I'm not saying – I'm not questioning his toughness, but I really think he missed two games because he thought his team uh, would pick up those games, right? Had Um, Milwaukee won game three in Miami, he doesn't play tonight either. Milwaukee has the 2-1 lead. He doesn't play tonight. That's what I'm, you know, he kind of is playing because they're down two one and they're desperate and he can't, you know, he don't doesn't want to go back if they lose and say, you know, I didn't give my team a chance to win it all. But uh, obviously the Heat are playing better. You know, Giannis uh, not a hundred percent. They'll take, we'll take it. You know, you need some lucky breaks to to win as an eight seed and to move on in the playoffs. And I just think like you just have to embrace that the Heat are doing enough to be a three one. They need one more win. I would say they probably got to win one of the next two. I don't really want to. I don't really want a game seven in Milwaukee. So, you know, do your do the best you can in game five, and if not, let's uh, let's close it out in six at home. The fans have been amazing. I know, I know, Heat fans get all this crap nationally from everybody else leaving early, even though all fans leave early and arriving late. Man, if you've ever tried to get to a Heat game, it is not easy to get down there. It's not fun to get down there. Who the hell cares if the fans are cheering as loud as, as loud as they can? You can hear it even. I think the TNT guys are really good about like making a call and then letting the crowd 
kind of erupt in the background. So they did that when Jimmy hit the shot to go up 112, 109. And you just hear how loud it is in the arena. And if you've ever been in there before during a big game, I mean, you really can't even like, you can't hear yourself think, can't really feel a lot going on. So, you know, credit to the fans for, for showing up, for doing that. Credit for this team for battling. Um, you know, being down 11 in the fourth quarter isn't easy. I also I missed another stat. This is the most points a player has scored in a game while trailing by 15 in the postseason since Michael Jordan put it in us uh, way back when against oh. the Heat. So, so um, you know, just kind of – I think this is really a night to celebrate. Um, you know, there's other things we can critique. We can talk about different things going on. We can – we can have a discussion in the offseason about what the Heat need to do to to really build this team around Jimmy and make it great. But um, this was just an amazing night. I think we kind of deserve it. I think we've all talked about how it's kind of been a tough, a trying year for us to cover these games. Um, it hasn't been that fun. The offense wasn't always great to look at. But props to Jimmy, obviously. Um, props to Bam on the second half. And I don't know if you want to go into, like, we talked a little about Caleb. And listen, I'll say this. It's not a joke. Um, yo, props to Duncan Rob- Duncan Robinson. I was going uh, to toss it to you about him because that dude um, – fuck it, we'll do it now. Duncan has been instrumental in this series. Who, who – what? Listen, who they started that? They started him in game two. It didn't go very well. We got blown out. The Bucs uh, will never shoot that well again. It was just an insanely – Give them props. Just an insane shooting night from them, and they never look back. But Duncan's now 13 for 17 from three in the series, which is absolutely insane considering the guy just has not consistently hit threes. So, you know, losing Hero in game one sucked. Uh, a lot of times we need his offense, and we need someone that's able to break down the defense and make tough shots. But the truth is that if you have these guys that are, are willing to take threes and make them, um, that's what we need. So it's not that Duncan's better than Hero or that Duncan replaces Hero directly, but having guys that can take these threes and it doesn't—you don't have to be 13 of 17. You have you have to you have to hit 38 percent of your threes, right? That's a very good number. If you're you know if you're four of ten, if you're um, you know eight for twenty, that kind of eight for twenty-one, like if you can shoot that number from three, like that's what they need, and he's been doing that. Um, you know, I, I love starting the regular season. wasn't good. It's been better uh, in the postseason. The last couple games, he, you know, it looks looks more consistent. Um, and we're doing it. We're making it work. Uh, obviously, we'd rather have Hero back. And I kind of would obviously want Depot back after his tough injury in Game Three. He looked really good before he went down. But they're gonna they're gonna make do. And if they can get enough decent performances around Jimmy. Uh, they're going to be a tough out. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I don't know where this is going. Again, we talked about they need to win one more. But give props to the guys that are playing well around them. Give Caleb Martin another stat. Sorry, I'm bringing a lot of stats tonight. I saw Barry Jackson said in four games, Caleb Martin's like a plus. He's outscoring the Bucks by 75 points when he's on the court. So he's been instrumental. Uh, you got Duncan hitting the threes. Um, I didn't Duncan, think he had a great – we need we need to say because I, I was waiting for you to go to it. You haven't gotten to it yet. So correct, let me know if this was something you were going to get to. Duncan Robinson was a plus fifteen tonight. Spolster is doing an incredible job coaching circles around fucking what's his face over there. I know his name. I'm purposely not saying it because he's a clown. 
Spo did it to him in the bubble. Then we don't talk about what what else happened, but he's doing it again now against him, Coach Bud. And it's it's just hiding Duncan to this level. Duncan was playing fourth quarter minutes, meaningful fourth quarter minutes when they were down and they needed stops. Duncan was there when they were getting stops. He's hiding Duncan really, really, really well here. And it does help, mind you, that they're putting him out on the corner against Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton. If you put Duncan on a white guy on defense, you're probably in pretty good shape. And that's what they're doing. And that is kind of why you were kind of reaping these rewards. Duncan also, he drove to the paint. He he got his guy off the dribble and got right to the rim like two or three times tonight. But the thing is, although like people are going to say, oh, you know, it's the heat not taking another open layup. No, no, no. Duncan's getting past his guy. He sees Giannis or Brooke in the paint. He's not going up and getting his shit stuffed. He's correctly going up, faking him out, and then making a good pass out of it. He hit Kayla Martin in the corner. Kayla didn't take the shot because it wasn't a great shot. They continued to reset their offense. And then just because Duncan's getting there, they're respecting his shot is what I'm getting at. And that that is so huge when you literally have Jimmy doing everything else. You need that. So now, George, I want to go to you because Harry brought up Caleb specifically. What? How, how huge was Caleb's play in that fourth quarter, hitting the corner three, which was eventually I, was, Harry, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause Caleb, I can't ever remember. Cause he's hit a million threes with his toe on the line to get changed to twos. Was that corner one on Giannis? Was that a three? Uh, it was not a three foot on the Didn't line. So. Caleb, Caleb has never missed a shot with his foot on the line. You're That's right. A, Every time his foot, he fact check me. Durant, Every time he shoots like hundred percent when he pulls a Durant with his toe on the line. He, he, he has time. never missed toe, toe on the line. It's going in. It's only worth two, but it's going in. Toe on the line. Caleb is probably a greater shooter than Steph Curry or Ray Allen. Mark it, stamp it, send it in. The dude's not going to miss. And then he did the little celebration with the hand in his face against Giannis. It's like, these are the performances from step or role players that you need. And you get those at home. You don't usually get those as often on the road. That's why that game one, in Milwaukee was so monumental to shift the momentum of the series and steal home courts because you got those role players playing incredible. George, back to you now. What did you see from Caleb that you really, really liked in that fourth quarter that kind of ignited the offense, especially the fast break offense? It's just hitting shots at the end of the day. That's what it is. It's 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 hustle. It's it's getting your own rebound. It's 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 traveling with the ball once you've let it go from your hands. It's everything. It's basketball 101, but it's put into such a beautiful way where he's doing everything right at the right time. When you've got a player of Tyler Hero's capability and, and, you know, charisma go down like that, you need players to step up. And unfortunately it's not been Bam and Abayo. He's he's not been bad by any per se. He's just not been the player we expected. The players that have stepped up in big, big ways, Caleb Martin, Duncan, Carl Lowry, these players have stepped up. Kevin, even Kevin Love. Kevin Love in a big way has stepped up. Like he just looks so much more confident out there. But going back to to Caleb Martin, he leads the team of healthy players in offensive rating with 131. That's that's incredible, and that's more than you could ever ask from someone like like Caleb Martin. And it's not it's not a knock on Caleb. It's just bless me. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, it's not a knock on Kendall Martin. He, we all know he's a phenomenally t- talented basketball player, or else he wouldn't be on this, you know, wouldn't be scouted so hard by the Heat and picked up. But to do what he's doing now, it's more than we ever expected, more than we ever hoped for, for a player like that. And it, the, the more he's out there, it's the more he pushes the pace. 
the more he looks like he's he's ready to put his body on the line. And he was the big guy next to next to Jimmy in that fourth quarter. By the way, Jimmy is the first player in Heat history to have two 20-point quarters in the same game. The first player. He had 22 in the first and 20 in the fourth. But when it looked like we needed a big bucket and needed stops, Caleb Martin was there as well. Big time. He tracked down that rebound that got Jimmy that first three. He um, he, he, he splashed. I don't know. It, you say the Fortnite was on the line. I'd like to go back to the table on that. But like, he's never been that confident of a shooter. He's always had that hitch in his shot. That kind of makes me hesitant whenever he shoots. But he was holding the ball, looking for an outlet, decided to launch it, made it. He just looks like that type of guy where like, if the if he's there, if he's got a chance to do something special, he'll try and take it. He looks like he's a big moment player, just like Jimmy. But nothing, nothing close to the <laughs> the talent wise. Just look at the uh, you know at his tendencies and what he's trying to do in those big moments. And the last guy I wanted to give a little bit of credit to. I don't want to give him too much credit because I, I, I've I've trashed him so much that I feel weird coming back around. But I just thought like I thought Gabe was really not good tonight, and Kyle stepped in and was much better defensively, and so. I think that's when you're talking about Spo kind of making the right substitutions. I think, I think whether he had the game plan coming in or realized it, like Kyle was just better out there tonight. It wasn't necessarily, you know, he had some stupid turnovers early on, but um, he was better down the stretch. He had some, he had some decent steals. He just seems to be running things a little bit better for them uh, in crunch time. And I just think he deserves some kudos as well. Um, you know, as we said, there weren't a bunch of guys scoring around Jimmy, but you need those little performances to pull off a comeback like this. And, you know, they got enough. So Jimmy, Jimmy provided almost everything we needed, but, you know, you had Caleb chipping in, you had Kyle, you had, um, you had Kevin Love, you had Duncan shooting some threes and, you know, that's a huge win for them. I really hope they can get one more and close this one out. Uh, likewise, I, I think you brought up Kyle Lowry because I really wanted to talk about him too. People always say like, oh, you know, you're not watching the game. You're just box score watching. But it's like, no, no, no. With Kyle Lowry tonight, with six points, those those six points and five assists were some of the most influential six points and five assists stat line you'll see from Kyle Lowry. That dude was out there giving them inspired minutes because they really needed it. Because for whatever reason, Gabe hit his head early and his brain matter was just like floating around in his skull because that dude was playing some stupid basketball. He hit a couple good shots, yes, but the dude was just playing dumb. He led the team with five turnovers. Like he, he wasn't all there. I like I thought he the game seemed a little too fast for him at times. Kyle, granted, I know count on your hand how many times I've said really nice things about Kyle Lowry. This is one of them. The dude knows how to play playoff basketball in meaningful minutes. The guy's been there like every season of his career, basically. He's there playing meaningful playoff minutes. He knows how to execute. And a, a couple of those turnovers that you were talking about, also, Harry. Most of them were also miscommunications with shooters, like how he was trying to get them set up and give them a shot that had they been there, it would be an open look. Yet, like someone like Duncan, I know in one of them in the fourth quarter, it was really irritating to me because had Duncan been there, that's a wide open three for them. Duncan ran to the corner instead of fleeing up to the top of the key where he would have gotten a wide open three. But enough about that. I, I really, really, really liked what Kyle brought to the game, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Him and Caleb Martin were pests. And you need that after Oladipo goes down. You lose Oladipo last game. You know these guys are playing inspired ball to get this win for him. And I think they did just that because you lose Oladipo's pestiness in the passing lanes. 
That's you never know what you were going to get with Debo on the offensive side of the ball. You knew you were always going to get him sneaking in the passing lanes. Kyle and Caleb did that S tier tonight. They've done it S tier the entire series. So I think that they've really, really done a phenomenal job here, just going in and giving them much needed minutes that they needed because without them, th- this this fourth quarter comeback doesn't happen. And we have with <laughs> some absolutely uh, legendary guests coming on here. Ant made had has made one appearance when uh, I think his toilet got clogged or something. He's back now and coming back on. You think I don't remember? Exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So we have Ant here, optimistic Ant. No better time to be optimistic when you're up 3-1 as an eight seed against a one. Ant, how you doing? Listen, I, I tried. If only somebody would have told y'all that this was coming. Oh, wait, I did. No, I'm just kidding. I, who, who could have ever seen this coming? Uh, also, I did not plan to make an appearance on the pod. Uh, we simply just now finished our after post-game post game conversation. And I'm like, what is live right now? Uh, the title of this is Take Two Hemi Butler, which is a beautiful name because that's exactly what Jimmy Butler was tonight. Uh, I posted a video on Twitter of me uh, and my reaction to the final game. It was basically me just standing in front of the TV shaking my like nodding my head in disbelief uh, i'm really curious uh how many other people had that same reaction tonight because it really felt like an out-of-body experience uh, like we know how good jimmy butler is but he still never finds a way to uh you know shock me and what he's capable of uh and there's so many players that uh are great that, that people consider superstars right there's not a lot of players that can step up their game when the game matters most like Jimmy Butler does. There's so many James Hardens out there. There's so many Paul Georges out there who I fought for years with people telling them that Jimmy Butler is better than those guys. And they'll go through all the numbers and, oh, look at Harden, 60-point trip bubbles, this and that. But when the game matters most, you can count on one hand how many people can do what Jimmy Butler did. And that's exactly what we saw tonight. And that, to me, is the sign of a superstar. When the games matter most, they're not hitting the side of the backboard like Paul George. They're not shooting 317 like Harden. They're doing what he did tonight and putting the game on his back. Now, I'm not going to cap. When they were down 15, I did shut the game off for a small period of time. And it's because I was so frustrated at Bam Adebayo seeing him waste this performance by Jimmy, waste Jimmy's career in Miami. It was so frustrating to me. I had to shut it off. Now, I was keeping track of the score, fortunately, so I, I was I was able to turn it back on to see the madness that occurred in the fourth quarter. But it's very frustrating. I'm sure you all have gotten into that. Uh, uh, it sucks because this team can't go anywhere without him. But I don't really want to focus on that. I just want to focus real quick on the greatness that is Jimmy Butler because it cannot be said enough. Oh, we, t- we touched on it. We, I, I was having a similar experience. I was at work. And I had the game on and I was just, I couldn't focus on anything else. Cause it was, I, I wasn't shaking my head. Like you, my jaw was just on the floor. I was like, what am I watching? When, when Kyle got the steal at mid court that gave the heat, the first lead of the game with Jimmy doing the, just an absolute rack attack, just rocking the shit out of the rim. I was right then and there. I was like, I know that they're going to win when Jimmy took the lead there. And then he went off and hit obviously those two threes, but and thank you so much for hopping on just for a quick little, uh, little pop in. We appreciate you. So now let's get back. Before we close here, I want to ask you guys, Harry has touched on it a little bit as well, meaning 3-1's great, right? These performances by Jimmy are incredible, but they don't mean much if you end up pulling a Doc Rivers. And that is my greatest greatest nightmare. Um, hopefully my, my dreams don't become a reality. Um, where do you guys think are happening here? George, we'll start with you. How do you see this next game going? 
I mean, in all in all realness, in all you know seriousness as well, you expect the Bucks to defend home court with you know with all intent with everything left on the court. You're gonna you're gonna see an extremely determined and motivated team to win. And I expect nothing less. I don't think anyone's going to sit there and go, well, you know, I, I said it before, they look defeated. Absolutely. Like, who wouldn't after this game? You were up big in the fourth and you just watched probably one of the most incredible takeover performances of all time. You're going to be shell-shocked. It's, it is what it is. But, in, you know, but the Bucks aren't going to go down without a fight. and they, we, don't, we don't want them to. I don't expect them to. And it's, it's going to be a hard-fought tooth and nail. They're going to go back to that Brook Lopez pick and roll that they've been running. That's unstoppable because we just do not have anyone over seven foot that wants that, that can actually play. I don't, and yes, I'm saying yet seven can't play. Obviously he's not healthy enough to res- resume his, uh, his role. Um, but it's going to be, you know, the pick and roll you're going to see. I, I don't really expect to see another poor shooting night from, from Drew Holiday of that caliber. He just couldn't shoot for, for anything. Neither, neither could uh, Chris Middleton. So, I, I expect them to to absolutely go off. But that's this is the type of game that you want. You want to have a hard fought last game that Jimmy then goes and shines again. And I hope that Bam Adebayo comes out with that sort of intent as well, offensively, to give him the hand to just to, just to not have another fifty six or more night from Jimmy Butler. We don't need that. You know what I mean? We 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 don't. We shouldn't be expecting that all the time. And it makes me. You know, it just it, it frustrates me. It frustrates me so hard because I sit here and I go talk about Bam Adebayo saying that he needs to do this, he needs to do that. He had a good game tonight, and I'm saying that in all seriousness. Offensively, not not there tonight. He took 16 shots. Happy about that. Just didn't get they just couldn't get them to fall. He does get in his head a lot, but down that stretch when Giannis was ramping up, driving to the rim, you saw some phenomenal defense from 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 Bam. And we take that for granted because we saw 56 points from, from Jimmy. But if we want to win this game, we want to win it convincingly, you need Bam to come out and have one of those games. I agree. I think if they're going to win in five in Milwaukee, it's going to take a, a miraculous Bam game, a good bounce back for him. And he's he's riding that momentum train, so to speak, on the offensive side of the ball. So maybe he continues to go up Brook Lopez. But to your Brook Lopez point, they can't stop it. But I would like to see in the event that they that Milwaukee continues to blitz it, and continue to go back to that well because they've been able to get nothing but water from it. I would like to see a little more minutes for Cody Zeller. I thought, I uh, granted, this whole night has been a blur because of what Jimmy was was able to provide for us because it was just an insane blast of euphoria, just just insane amount of just energy. I don't remember if how many times Zeller was really out there with Brooke, but I didn't remember seeing Brooke make a whole lot when Zeller was out there. So, granted, even if it is true, small sample size, I, I'd like to see that that go a little bit more because Zeller's their biggest body. So if, if you need something to throw out there, if Bam gets into foul trouble again, like he did tonight, which granted that foul on Grayson Allen was bullshit. That's not a foul on Bam. Neither here nor there. I would like to see a little more Cody minutes. Cause I think that can kind of alleviate a little bit of, if Brooke tries to give you 36 again, I don't see Brooke giving you 36 again. If he does, we need to have some conversations. Harry, what, what, what's your take on all this? How do you think this series comes to a close? Do you think it happens in game five in Milwaukee? Um, no, I don't think it's going to end in Game Five. I think I think Brook Lopez is part of, you know, I think letting him score like they are is part of the game plan. To be honest, like 
Um, you know, Brooke Lopez led the Bucks in shots tonight with 23. I think the Heat are fine with that. Obviously, I don't think they expect them to have 36 points that often. But if he's their leading scorer, um, that means Giannis isn't shooting as much or getting to the line. Uh, that means Middleton's probably having an off game, which he, like he did tonight. And I think they're fine with that. I, I think that's part of. I know they were asking about it, like why is Struce on him? I think it's part of the game plan. You can let you can let Brooke Lopez. Um, kind of uh, have a bunch of points on you, and it's not going to be the deciding factor in the game. Uh, the problem with this game going into game five is I think the Heat kind of need to shoot similar to the way they did in game one. Obviously, that's the best I've ever shot in the postseason, so not expecting 60% from three. But you got to hit a 45 50% of your threes to win a game in Milwaukee, and you probably have to take a lot of them. And I just, you know, I don't know. I think Milwaukee is going to be against the wall. Um, they'll be favored in that game. People will expect them to win, and I think you'll probably have a bounce-back performance. What you're kind of hoping is that the Heat game enough momentum where they can come back in six. Hopefully you can get another great Jimmy game, and you can get – you need like three guys to really chip in. So, you know, tonight you got Bam in the second half, you got Caleb, and you got Duncan shooting. Like they just need three guys to step up every game and give them 10-plus points, uh, give them the consistency, give them a big rebound, give them a big steal, a, a big pass. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for is that the Heat can close this out in six. It would be amazing if they can win in five. You know, they always joke Heat in five. That'd be incredible if you can win two games in Milwaukee and close this one out. But you're probably looking at a, a – I'm hoping it's a six-game series because if it goes any longer, I'm not going to feel as comfortable, um, you know, calling for a Heat victory. I would agree with you in the sense that it, it has to be – if you're going to go into Milwaukee and end this thing in five, it, you're, it's not going to be easy. I think that that's you know that's stupid. Why well, say that? I'm saying it's not going to be easy, but I mean it in the sense of you're not going to walk in there and nurse a lead the entire game, whether it be single digits, double digits, only one possession. I, I think it's very very simple that it, it's going to have to come down to them executing, them hitting their shots, specifically three pointers. Like you said, they're going to have to do that to stay within a game and then come up in the fourth quarter, snatch the lead, and then play defense. Like that's what it's going to have to be. It's not going to be easy. Um, they're going think, to really, really be close on it. What was that? Yeah, I think it's good to have the insurance of a three-one lead in a series like this, and hopefully, you can, uh, you know, get one of these and, and move on to the next series. Speaking of insurance, Harry, I'm so happy that you mentioned that, my man. That, that, that's really, really sweet of you to do. Uh, primary sponsor of the basement is Simple Health Advisors. It's insurance. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated. You got to email them or give them a call today and tell them that the basement sent you. You can email JP at JP at SimpleHealthAdvisors.com. You can give them a call at three two one. Three four five seven seven three eight. As we close now, I just want to get. I'll give my shot here. I think I'm I'm in the same boat as Harry that you probably don't steal another one in Milwaukee. You probably have to go back to Miami and win it in six because after that the pressure really starts to mount, and Jimmy can only do so much. We saw him do it tonight. Does he have another legendary performance in him against this team? Who knows? Does he need to have one? I would hope not. I would hope the other guys show up and actually start giving him some help, even though they are a little bit injury depleted when it comes to the scoring department, but thank you guys so much for tuning in to a little late night episode here of the random scrub heat podcast. Take care and remember to be good people. Heat and five. Need a stop and a rebound. Four yeah. For three. Oh my. That was the random scrub heat podcast.